Welcome to the Investing Tutor Podcast, the show for professionals looking to master the most up-to-date strategies needed to build wealth and provide a stable financial future. Here's your host, Dr. Hans Boateng. Hello friends, Dr. Hans here, the Investing Tutor, and as always, I have an incredible episode for you today. So yes, believe it or not, if you are listening to this and you're married or if you aren't married yet, there's a high likelihood that the person that you're going to end up with will be your financial opposite. So if you are a saver, get ready. You might end up spending the rest of your life with someone who loves to spend. Or if you are a spender, you more than likely will end up with a saver. Right. So then how can you use this difference between you two as a strength and not as a weakness? And I feel like most individuals, when they realize that their partner is different from them, they take it personal and they begin to overreact. But I'm here to share with you that no, in actuality, it's good because everyone needs some checks and balances, right? Because if you are a spender and your partner is also a spender, guess what? (laughs) Your household, oh my gosh, you all will be spending a ton of money. There'll be no restraints. You probably be in a lot of financial pressure. So it's very good when you have some balance because then it holds you back and prevents you from actually making decisions that could be financially dangerous. So the author, Gary Chapman, he wrote a very famous and popular relationship book. The title of the book is The Five Love Languages. And the concept of the book is that everyone has these certain languages when it comes to feeling love, right? And you have to be able to understand your partner's love language so that you can communicate in that language to them or with them. So for example, the love languages, the first one is words of affirmation, right? So you might be with someone who wants you to communicate with them and just express how you feel about them, right? That you love them and that they are awesome and that you believe in them and that they are going to do incredible things, right? So Those are the words of affirmation. The second love language is quality time, right? There are some individuals that want to feel like you are going to stop what you're doing and then just be with them, spend time with them. Another love language is, you know, receiving gifts. And that one is quite self-explanatory. The fourth is acts of service. You might be with someone who wants you to actively do something to express, you know, your love. And then the fifth is physical touch. Individuals love to hug, cuddle, you know, just be more physical, intimate. So then you have to understand your partner's love language. The reason I share this with you is because in the same way, you also have to understand your partner's money language. Is that person a big saver? Do they thrive on feeling secure and safe? Because if that's that person, then you need to know that. Or are you with someone who is more adventurous? Maybe 
they're a little bit um, of a risk taker. You know, don't resent that person for that, but allow them to be able to spread their wings and, and be able to test things out, right, from a financial perspective. Or are you with someone who is very generous and giving? Understanding that is helpful because then you know that that's the person's money language. In the same way that we understand that there are different love languages, there are also different money languages as well. And when it comes to the topic of money, you have to realize that being financial opposites is a blessing in disguise. It really is. As I shared with you, it helps put constraints so that you aren't going over the top, right? Because the risk taker, if that person wasn't being balanced by someone who is risk averse or someone who doesn't like risk, that person would go overboard. But because God, in all of his wisdom and knowledge, instrumented it so that we are more than likely going to be with our financial opposite. So then the other partner can restrain them from taking big risks that can land them in uh, trouble, essentially. So don't push against your partner if they don't see eye to eye with certain things that you do, right? That's your opportunity to be able to explain things to them, reason with them, let them see things from your perspective. Uh, Being able to communicate just, uh, you know, your finances or being just open to share things with one another helps bring togetherness. That's why I dislike when certain individuals teach about personal finance from an extreme standpoint, right? Because imagine if you listening to this, you start to listen to a podcast or you start to listen to people and the group of individuals you are listening to are highly against debt. And they are like, hey, you need to pay off all of your debt. Don't sleep. Don't breathe. Don't do anything until debt is paid off. And let's say you buy into this message. And all of a sudden, you go to your partner. And you're like, you know what? Starting from today, we're going to get rid of all of our debt. We're not going to spend any money. And that's what we're going to do. Can you see how that can be a huge relationship problem for financial opposites? Because that person is not going to see eye to eye with you. And sometimes it gets me to wonder, like, you know, with people who are pushing this fear-based approach when it comes to debt, instead of a more optimistic and future-based focus on have a plan, have a strategy, and you'll be able to pay off debt. There's nothing to be scared of, which is what I believe in because Every time you have a plan in place, there should be no fear because you know that you've implemented things that will allow you to be able to break free and expand and grow. And while you are paying down debt, you're building wealth at the same time by investing. So be careful, you know, where you get your information, because if you aren't careful, you're going to, you know, go on a tangent listening to people. And then you're going to bring back information into your marriage, which might cause some friction. So just be careful, be cognizant of the fact that at the end of the day, you two are a team. Even if you don't see eye to eye, try and work things out and try and and be empathetic so that you can work together as a team. So as a couple, I'll say that there are three goals that you need to have. And if you focus on these three goals, trust me, you're going to do so well and, and just everything will come together. Okay, so the first goal is you need to have a savings goal. 
right? A savings account is the emergency fund that you're going to have for your family. And you need this because the emergency fund is what you're going to access whenever there's something that you need to take care of. An unplanned event, the emergency fund is your cushion. So you need to be building that emergency fund. And it's not something that you're going to just pause everything that you're doing, but instead you're going to be slowly building that fund over time. It is a strategy that I teach the members of the investing tutor, the individuals I get to work one-on-one privately with. I believe that every time you earn an income, you take a portion of it and you set it aside for your emergency fund. Next is to pay down debt. When it comes to the topic of debt, a lot of people, they get so many different perspectives on debt. Debt is an expense, okay? It is money that you have to pay back. So it's an expense. And that's what it is. Some people view it negatively and this and that. At the end of the day, it's money that you're pulling from your future, bringing it into your present so that you can use it. My hope is that you're using it for something that is making you money. Then it's a smart strategy. Does that make sense? And lastly, the third goal that couples should have together is that they should have a wealth building goal. What I want you to do is take your salary and take your partner's salary and add it together. Okay. And multiply that number by 25. That should be the amount of money that you need to have in investments to be able to live a comfortable life. So if you earn $50,000 and your partner earns $50,000, that means combined you make 100,000. 100,000 times 25 is $2.5 million. That means that to be able to live a very comfortable life, you want to have $2.5 million set aside for retirement. So what's your wealth building goal? Looking at you and your spouse's income, when you add it up and you multiply that by 25, what number do you get? And have you started investing to be able to reach that amount so that you can live a comfortable lifestyle when you retire? So then friends, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. For me, I feel like individuals don't really talk about personal finances as it relates to your partner and things of that nature and the fact that you are more than likely going to be financial opposites, but don't let that inhibit your relationship in any way. Understand them. Don't try and change who they are. Don't try and cause them to become the way you are, but work with them. If you are a better saver, then step in and encourage them to save. If they are more of an investor, be inspired by that so that it helps and benefits your family. Because at the end of the day, you both need to come together and then leverage your strengths to be able to build a solid foundation for your family. Uh, Friends, if you enjoyed today's podcast episode, sharing it with a friend is the biggest compliment I can ever receive.